And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Curley and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome and good morning. Thank you for being here this morning. I'm just reading this article that came up in, uh, in Fox News. The three likely ways Bud Light disaster might end. <laughs> and only one is good news. And I just the, the the first one is surrender to the left. <laughs> yeah. Forget the slogan "Go woke" or "Go woke, go broke." Almost every major company in the world has embraced the leftist attitudes. Mm. Call it ESG or Marx. Corporations took a sharp left turn uh, for the CEO or his replacement. Uh-huh, uh, mm-hmm. To turn right would be a huge risk. It's much easier to go along to get along. That is the path of least resistance. That's what most celebrities are and where marketers tell them young future drinkers are as well. That fight has already escalated. Uh, the Chicago Two Bears Tavern Group, owner of four gay bars, criticized Budweiser for abandonment of its support of Mulvaney. Mm. Now Budweiser is facing boycotts on both sides. Bud bosses jumped smack dab into the middle of the culture wars. If they pick one side, they risk offending the other. Surrendering to the right is the second. (laughs) Asking businesses to do the right thing is like asking President Joe Biden to enforce the border. Both might do what you want, but they hate you, and the only reason they might listen is out of self-interest. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I did see that one. (laughs) Biden sending 1,500 troops to the border to make voting easier, yeah. voting registration For, easier. To, right. Yeah, right. to help with voter registration. Right. right. Um, you know, but we've been saying this for ages. It doesn't matter if, if you're uh, a corporation or an organization. If you jump in, then you should expect to go to the wire. You're not, And you're never going to be the hero. You're not going to appease... And you're never going to satisfy the activists that are saying, we want you as a part of this. You think you're being a hero, but you're not. And the moment you flinch, they're going to come after you. And it's Mm -hmm. playing out right now. Yep. 
You're seeing it. It says, if Budweiser sides with its customers, that's all that matters. Bud Light keeps trying to placate beer drinkers without making any changes. It released two bogus commercials designed to bring conservative beer drinkers back to the brand. Uh, the first brought in the Clydesdales and tells uh, of a beer rooted in the heart of America. Mm. It says the story is bigger than beer and praises generation, generations willing to remember. Uh, not really the corporate message they wanted to send, but like execs are terrified that people will realize that this fight is indeed bigger than beer. It's a future of everything Americans believe. And yes, customers remember and Bud Light sure doesn't want that. Wow. Mm. The second commercial was even more ridiculous. It was just a bunch of phony TV friends drinking Bud Light with the uh, in the rain with chicken fried by the Zach Brown band playing in the background. Yeah. Corporate pretend fund is seldom convincing. The commercial was so openly pandered that Budweiser had to shut off comments yeah. to yeah. the video. Yeah. So well, that's the thing is that uh, I mean you're you're patronizing at that point and it's blatant. So sooner or later it's going to dawn on someone at Budweiser or their bosses at Anheuser-Busch that conservative beer drinkers aren't the idiots marketers think they are. Yeah. That's what I said when I saw the Zach Brown when I said my god they're just they're basically saying a bunch of stupid hicks. Yeah. <laughs> to drink our beer. <laughs> hey, we're from America and we shake hands and we uh, 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 the- <laughs> American flag and uh, we apple pie. Uh, we uh, pickups and uh, take the Chevy to the levee. We because uh, the levee was dry. Salute the military. We <laughs> love the baby Jesus. We listen. You're we, try- yeah, yeah. I mean, you're trying to. I mean, <laughs> they're just throwing everything. Well, what do you got? What do you got? Did you include Jesus? Make sure you include. <laughs> what about the military? Don't forget the. I mean, it was. It, it's so overly patronizing. It's contrived. This is what happens, and you're in a boardroom trying to unwreck your wreckage. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the Costa Concordia laying on its side, and they're looking at it, going, oh, "I think, I think it'll float." The only way to win them over is to apologize, kick the transgender insanity to the curb, and go back to normal. If you are a betting man or person, mm-hmm. I, <laughs> and I am. <laughs> That's how they wrote it, or person. It's and funny. I, this yeah. is a long-shot bet. Budweiser mm-hmm. would rather spend triple its ad budget to sucker its customers back than actually win them over with honesty. That's really their plan, not to address the crisis, just to bombard us with more fake friends and chicken-fried BS. <laughs> I, and and the, the final scenario... The, re- the the result is more likely than it should be. Inertia takes hold and Budweiser execs and their eventual replacements and even their corporate bosses are all afraid to pick a side. Instead, much like new Coke, they let the product line die. This time, they throw marketing and corporate support to a new light beer or maybe more than one. Imagine they get savvy and try to segment the market. Come up with a USA USA brand for old Bud Light drinkers and a new woke brand for the Mulvaney crowd. It might work or the company might just end up seeding the light beer market to its competitors by the time they get around to taking action. Execs are already wondering how many of those who switched will be coming back. It's not like Bud Light tastes good in the first place. I don't know where Anheuser-Busch goes because what was the slogan for, for, I mean, for a long time? For years, for Budweiser, the parent beer, the king of beers, 
Now we're yeah. screaming, hey, we don't like, uh, we don't like, we're not into kings. We're <laughs> <laughs> monarchy? You're bringing a monarchy yeah, into this? Monarchy. King of beers? What, you expect us to bow to the, no. The, the fact of the matter is, I don't know how you salvage this. You Because, frankly, I don't think you can make any move. I really don't. I don't know how you, I don't know how you re reverse it. I really don't know where you go with branding on this. It, it, except to go back to the old, you know, uh, picture of the, you know, or video of a cold beer, you know, being set on the bar uh, or on somebody's table. What? And you and you just say, you know, uh, I don't know, Bud Light, less filling, tastes great. I, I think somebody's using that, but you well, do, you no. just don't no, what say I, anything. What would I do? You know, if you ask me what if I, if they asked me to come, what what do you think we should do? I would say, summer's coming up. Forget about this completely. Don't try to convince anybody. Focus Just, on the beer. You you focus on summertime beer parties, fires. You know, you know, campfires, sunset at night with, of course, the beer bottle. Yeah. You know, somewhere. What's the one? Was it was it Corona that had? You know, remember they just had the, sitting on the beach, the bottles just on the beach yeah. with somebody and the there. Wave, you could hear the you know, waves yeah. and the whole thing. You don't you don't, need, don't say anything. You don't need to say don't anything. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. Just don't get involved. You don't get involved in it. You just have. Well, and, and, and what do they show? The feet. Yeah. And so all you, you see maybe some feet and you see the beer bottle. Yeah. Well, that's all you need. You don't have right. to take sides. You don't have to be any particular style. You don't have to do, you know, that was well, the beauty of that ad. It didn't matter. Now, if people want to be playing on the beach, yeah, that's fine. Right. You know, or something like that. But, but that's it what centers you around the beer. Yes. You know, you just make yes. the beer the centerpiece, which is exactly yes. what it was to begin with. You yes. overcorrected. Right. The problem with what they, what they were trying to do was overcorrecting. And when you overcorrect, that just looks worse. What right. it shows is you're, you're not thoughtful in your approach. All you need to do, all you need to, the only thing is demonstrate your beer in a real, a realistic setting. Right. And so you do it. So I would do the summer stuff. And then as you get into August, it goes to football. Goes to and outdoor then, football, well, outdoor football parties and, then, and in the, things in, at, at, at the home, at the, you know, uh, in the parking lot, whatever. In, in the fall, a frat party and they're chugging yeah. a, well, maybe not. No, probably not. Probably a frat not chugging. Party. I wouldn't do a yeah, frat. Don't party don't do frat party. That's already apparently frowned upon. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you you just put some of the best, I think, food commercials. And I have a friend who's um, has his own uh, international ad agency, and we had this short conversation about the best, in my opinion, me telling him the best commercials demonstrate the product but like the food commercials when you show a, a burger that is stacked and <laughs> the burger patty is just oh my gosh and and you know you, now you got to work at that because they never look like that in real life yeah but no. you when you do that that's what gets people you know uh okay right now i've got to have that burger right now i've right. got to have that you lie that way yeah exactly <laughs> well but it, but with beer you don't even have to do that no no you don't. because there's no way to make the beer look prettier beer's already pretty by the way there's your new slogan
Bud Light, we're already pretty. We don't need Dylan Mulvaney. <laughs> oh, talking about pretty. Yeah. Because this relates to the same thing. But but to show you that if you take sides, it doesn't matter how close you were to the people on the left, you will be rejected immediately, which mm. is why you can't get involved in it. And right. if there's a lesson that Bud Light should teach to anybody out there who's selling a product that everybody will buy, you focus on the, 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 the product and maybe the scenarios around it, but you don't have to get too specific. You don't have to get into identity politics in order to sell a beer. But uh, Twisted Sister lead singer D. Snyder is defiant after being pulled from the main stage appearance hmm. at a San Francisco Pride Parade as organizers labeled his position against transitioning minors as transphobic. Yeah. Uh, quote, I was not aware that the transgender community expects fealty and total agreement with all their beliefs, and any variation or deviation is considered transphobic. Well, you weren't paying attention. By the way, he's he, liberal. Yeah, he's a big yeah. liberal. Well, yeah. what, he, he, he did, did an appearance every year at the Pride Parade, yeah. and we're not going to take it was right. the song that they used. Right. right. The LGBTQ was using we're not going to take it as a song. Uh, the community turned uh, on the 80s rock icon after he publicly backed Kiss guitarist Paul Stanley's stance about transitioning minors. Paul Stanley took to social media over the weekend, calling the transitioning of minors a sad and dangerous fad. Snyder wrote back, you know what? There was a time where I felt pretty, too, he said in mm. response to Stanley's comments. Glad my parents didn't jump to any rash conclusions. Well said. Well, he's done. He's gone. There yeah, is yeah no, it's over. You're, right, there, you're done. You're done. Right. There is no there is no going back now at at this particular time. And you know, if he's and if 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 he sticks with it, it's fine. And by the way, we know we've we've talked to we've communicated with many uh people that have told us, hey, I'm gay and I completely disagree with the liberal transgender activist movement or the radical transgender activist movement taking over our cause. Well, maybe he and Paul Stanley can get together and form the new Whig Party. <laughs> ah! Oh, this! But this is what I, I have. <laughs> Look, you know, it's D. Snyder's been very vocal politically for a number of years, but especially in in the later years. Come on, man. You had to have seen this coming. We've been saying, at some point, you're going to be the oppressor, and now you are. Yep. yep. That's a perfect liberal transgender activist movement. That's it. By the way, mm -hmm. is Burger King sales down because of the whole coronation? Is that why they're selling for... Or I get, didn't see any ads. Stores. Sir, That's <laughs> you know what? I don't know if they took advantage of that. <laughs> In celebration of the new king, come by and celebrate with a Whopper at the Burger King. I don't Isn't know. having a king part of the patriarchy problem? That king oh. looks kind of creepy, though. Burger King. 866-90-RED-EYE. Drought coverage as spring crop progress continues in May. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says for corn and soybeans... Most of the corn and soybean production areas that are currently located in drought are mainly west of the Mississippi River, focused across that western corn belt area, the same area that was hit by drought during the growing season last year in 2022. 
back-to-back years of drought appears to be the case for growing areas of crops like sorghum and cotton. As you look at winter wheat production, we've got near-record low conditions, and 49% of the U.S. winter wheat production area currently in drought, up from 48% in late March, but down somewhat from last year's number at this time, 69% in drought in early May of 2022. Drought coverage is down for hay-growing states from the previous month while U.S. cattle inventory and drought is up. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. This report is made possible by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Diesel and Sitco Lubricants. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. You know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED. Uh, going to be an interesting week. Uh, the head of the House Judiciary Committee, James Comer, says, uh, tells the Department of uh, Justice, uh, don't indict Hunter Biden yet uh, because of the meeting that the lawyers had. And then after uh, Friday's MSNBC softball interview that Biden did, uh, the scuttlebutt was that the indictment could come down this week, and Comer is saying, we have a press conference coming up Wednesday. Now, I'm guessing the press conference is going to be after they have the meeting with the FBI and the Department of Justice that they expect to actually get that whistleblower statement, mm. or not the whistleblower statement, but the statement that the whistleblower, the the evidence that the whistleblower says exists that shows the bribery scheme of uh, of, of Joe Biden. If they get that and they can lay out as you you know you and I talked about earlier yeah. the kind of flow chart you see yeah. when there's a big investigation going on and they can present that to the american people i have no idea what 
the Democrats are going to do. I saw Donna Brazile saying it was very sobering. She was on um, uh, with uh, George Stephanopoulos. ABC this week. Yep. And, uh, and said very sobering that uh, Biden's coalition is fragmented and they have to, uh, you know, they've got to find a way to get out the, the message of their great success. I'm like, sorry, you're clueless. What you don't understand is they have communicated effectively to the American public that they're clueless. Yeah. And they've yeah. effectively communicated to the American public we're lying about all the issues. Right. Well, it, and and your, you know, whatever goes down on Wednesday has the potential of and and again, we don't know what it's going to be. We don't know how much of anything there might be if there if the whistleblower does have evidence, we don't know how much of that there might be, you know, what Comer is basically pointing at on Wednesday. But it has potential. Yeah, if you... we if we learn that the document does exist and what it demonstrates, there's really no way to, to step out in front of that. I think you've seen a clear sense of panic. I mean, Donna Brazile, I think, uh, indicated uh, uh, that on on uh, on on this week i think the msnbc interview and the way that it was such a softball interview and really well, didn't hit the questions and the and, fact that they were that that biden allowed a question about hunter to begin with yeah. when that's that has not been the case in a sit-down setting not a reporter shouting but a sit-down setting pre-arranged interview he allowed a question about yeah. hunter and I don't think it's just the polling. I think it's no. the polling on top of what might come out this week. Yeah, no, I think I think you're right. By the end of this week, what will it look like? Plus, it shows they're not winning the messaging on anything. Yeah, no, that, the polling that's what shows the polls that. Show. They're yeah. Not winning. yeah, no doubt. Say, play with our radio, and if you're really nice, she might. Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Thank you uh, for uh, being here. I'm just reading here. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said Sunday on ABC's This Week uh, that President Joe Biden invoking the 14th Amendment to address the debt ceiling was not. Uh, a good emergency option that uh, could cause a constitutional crisis. George Stephanopoulos said, of course, there's always the chance for this negotiation that you don't reach a deal. And then it comes back to the president. He said on Friday night that he is not uh, he is not ready. The 14th Amendment, uh, that it should not be questioned and that the implementation would be uh, implication would be the United States would continue to issue debt, saying it is unconstitutional not to. The president said uh, he is not ready to do that, but it does not seem like he took it off the table. Is that still a possibility? I don't know where the president got that from. There is nothing in the 14th Amendment that yeah. says 
he gets to raise the debt. Right. So that was, to me, you know, it says that the public debt is legitimate, you know, uh, if it's, you know, passed by law. Well, Congress passes laws, not the president. So I have no idea, and that's why... That's why she, you know, that's why Yellen said it would cause a constitutional crisis because she knows the president has no authority to do that. Yeah. The, I, only, the only time the president might have the authority to do that would be in martial law. Yeah, right. Might. And I don't, I, I don't even know if he would have it in mm-hmm. that particular case because... Uh, you know, I don't know if you have mar- when you have martial law. I mean, you're talking about in the middle of, you know, you're probably talking if the president issued that that you've got enemy on your own soil, mm-hmm. and and so the issuing of debt at that point probably is not going to be some type of procedure that you're involved in. <laughs> yeah, if you're calling martial law at that time, right? Uh, but uh, just I just have no idea. You know why? You know the president might have said that, just blurting it out, and knowing that the Fourteenth Amendment dealt with debt. That debt can be legitimate on the federal level, mm-hmm. if you know if allowed by law. But it says by law in the Fourteenth Amendment, right? Yeah. Um, look, I think it's, I think it's a reach, but it's also. You know, it's right out of the Biden playbook. He thinks he's going to do what Obama did, and that's, I'm just going to do everything administratively through the executive branch and wait for the court challenge. I I don't know. I mean, in this case, he's not going to get anywhere with it. I mean, it'd be interesting because I don't believe it's ever been done before. I'll have to check. Maybe it has in history and in, in some manner or form, but I don't know what would even happen. I mean, does a president issue an order to increase the debt limit? And and would that, I can see that immediately there'd be an injunction on that. And as soon as the injunction happens, boom, yeah, stock market crashes, everything, right, you know, goes to hell because at that point you're in that constitutional crisis. So all you don't solve anything. You simply enter a constitutional crisis. I do not believe that this, that the Supreme, this Supreme Court of the United States, uh, if the constructionists would lead on this, would allow that to happen. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I don't know. Again, what precedent are they following? Except reading and going, wait a minute, Congress issues a debt through legislation. And the debt limit through legislation, you don't get to do that. So mm. I don't, I don't see that happening. As I mentioned earlier, you know, David Brooks, the so-called conservative on PBS, mm. mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, again, um, I don't consider him a conservative. Said uh, he believes that Biden is going to negotiate; that he has no choice. That you know, Republicans have this deal. And the Republicans are actually right on it, even though he thinks we shouldn't negotiate debt in a debt ceiling. I'm like, well, I don't know where that morality comes from. Whoever whoever said that that morality is the correct morality? Since when? All, all I know is if I tried to raise my credit card limit, there would be questions that would be asked of me and not just what my salary is. 
Yeah. <laughs> and be like, okay, what are you planning on doing with this debt limit? Are you going to go all, you're at the limit right now. Because the bank would always be concerned if you've got a $20,000 credit limit and you're right at that $20,000 and it's been going, and your debt's been going up, 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 and all you're doing is making interest payments. I guarantee if you're just making interest payments, the bank is going to have a ton of questions and in all likelihood is not going to give you that credit limit increase unless you've been paying the monthly payment at the minimum every month. The interest wouldn't be enough. Right. And so the morality in any finances, I to me, is the same. Yeah. You know, what are the questions that you would be asking? And the question would be, are we spending too much? Is this going to get, you know, and should we cut back spending? Maybe before we raise the debt ceiling, we should cut a little bit, just a tiny bit. Because that's all the Republicans are doing. This isn't any massive cut in the budget. And the Democrats are still saying no. I think they lose the argument with the American people on that. I think Brooks agrees with me on that, which is a rarity that I agree with Brooks on. <laughs> Yeah, I I just don't know where it goes. I really don't. You're not going. Biden isn't going to win that. No. <clears throat> so, uh, and meanwhile, reparations. Hmm. So, California, the the actual reparations board, yeah, came up with a plan that could cost because they still haven't. I, I still haven't seen an analysis on the entire plan. I've seen over five hundred billion, eight hundred billion. I've seen anywhere between three hundred and sixty thousand for some, all the way up to one point two million for any eligible recipient of reparations over the age of seventy-one. Hmm. So they're still all over the place, whether it's a three hundred and sixty or whether it's the one point two million or whether it's a combination of it all, it's gonna cost close to a trillion dollars. How do they do that? I mean, this is the absolute. This may turn out, Eric, to be the biggest liberal circular firing squad ever. And the people in direct line of the liberal circular firing squad will be the person who first promoted it, Gavin Newsom. Well, that's who would have to sign the bill. You have to own it. And you also have to get out there and campaign for what you believe it should be. But you're not going to do that without meeting a debate from your own side. Right. Well, this has to go to the legislature. Right. Well, and and, and so if you're sitting there saying, I believe only 10,000, mm-hmm. 10,000, 10,000, the minimum bid is now $320,000 or right. 360000 Right. That's at the low end. And they're going, well, we can't afford to pay more than $1,000 to each one. We don't. We have no money. We can't take out a bond issue. for. We can't take out a bond for $800 billion. And there's no way the state of California residents are going to support a $800 billion bond issue that the, that the interest and principal, because you have to pay back the principal on these bond issues. Mm-hmm. This isn't like the federal debt. Right. So taxes would skyrocket next year. And what are you going to say? We're going to tax all the rich people and all the corporations? Bye. We're going. Well, there's the thing, because you look at it politically, and that's one way to escape it. You put it in the hands of the voters. 
and then say, well, sorry, but uh, the voters of California are a bunch of racists. <laughs> I, mean, what do you, I mean, what do you what do you do? But that's how he escapes it. Well, I wanted to do it, but apparently we left it up to the people and they said, no. Now, darn it, I think we should still, you know, work to that end. But the people said, no, we're still going to keep trying. Well, we're not. We're not over. From what I know, though, it's it goes, not over. It goes to the legislature first, which means they've got to debate it and then bring it to. But but the thing is, is on a bond issue too, they have to. You're right because in 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 the details of putting that up for a bond issue, all those details have to be laid before the uh, on that proposition have to be laid before right. the voter. I, but I don't. I think a bond issue is a possibility on another end. But I don't I know, think I know, but yeah, I'm just walking right. through even that right. possibility because but, that's the escapism of or escapism. That's the one of the escape routes for uh Gavin Newsom. Yeah, but the, the other is leaving the, the state. But but the legislature is <laughs> gonna have to debate this back and forth. That's I know. And can you see? Well, I think yes. only fifty thousand we don't have it. it. You're a racist. No, you gotta come up with yeah. a proposition exactly and, and it's like writing the law and then you just let the people decide on it. So it it has to be in writing whatever it's going to be, which means well, you no, have but, to decide what it's my, going to be. No, my point is I think they could do a public bond issue after this, but from what I know, it goes to the legislature who can pass a bond issue, which then would have to be signed by the governor before they ever went to the people on it. I believe through the referendum pro- referendum process, they could go to the people on it yeah. to do a bond issue, but from what I know first, this will go directly to the legislature who will decide how much to pay for reparations, then it will go that's, to the governor. That's that's right. what I'm saying, is that that even if they were going to send it as a referendum, it has to be decided first, which, how far they're going to go, what they're going to do. Right. Well, the well the referendum could be totally different than the one that... Right, that, but, e- that, that but the, either way, the legislature but either way right. even, in that, even in that setting, you can't escape it, because no, it has to be decided how much and, it's going to be, which requires a debate about it. And then the hilarity of it all is that this is a perfect example of liberals promoting something that is impossible. And the more that it's impossible, the more moral you are. Yeah. You know, the, the more that, uh, that uh, you virtue signal. Mm-hmm. And so it went from, it started at like 230,000, right? Or right. 230,000, something like that. Yeah. Then it went up to 360,000. Then it went up to like 1.2 million. Then it went up to 7 point cuz cuz San Francisco had was at 5, so, so the activists for California were promoting 7.6 yeah. and the other night the activists promoted 200 million dollars per eligible residence. Resident, excuse me. Recipient, yeah. excuse me, eligible recipient. Two hundred million each. Well, we did a little bit of figuring here and did one point eight million uh, possible recipients of that. It would turn out to be three hundred and sixty trillion dollars. The current annual budget of the state of California is three hundred billion. So if you doubled it with the 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 budget in California to three hundred billion more, take inflation out of it and interest payments out of it, you would be paying that. To pay the three hundred and sixty trillion in California, one thousand two hundred years. 
Well, these people are these people are that insane. Won't take long. They're absolutely insane. Well, politically, they're insane for thinking you start this and then all of a sudden that the activists aren't going to jump in and finish it for you. Think about that. If you start that conversation as a sitting governor of California, where did you think this was going to go? And by the way, $200 million, you're a racist. It should be a billion. That's what we still. Hey, listen, we can go as high as and $1 billion? No, 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 no. Multiple billions. Yes. And also, yeah. Bernie Sanders wants to talk to you about that. Yeah. And that's <laughs> why Bernie Sanders is right now. <laughs> Wait a minute. We, we can't have billionaires. <laughs> because California is going to give it to you, but Bernie Sanders is going to take it away. Yeah, but Bernie has an exception to the rule. If the government makes you a billionaire, that's okay. <laughs> Boy, the currency really won't be worth much, will it? <laughs> Probably won't. Away that kind of free money. 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric. I'm Gary. Now, tick, 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 tick. The legislative session in Florida mm-hmm. yeah. is over. And well. that, which means now the countdown begins. You saw that uh, he has uh, Yunkin's former campaign guy. Yeah. And, and so it's really going to be interesting because how does he start? He's going to have money. Yeah, he's no, he's going to, he he's already going to have DeSantis. In, we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the governor of Florida definitely has interest in from the big donors. Uh, that money is already coming in, and, and I believe they already know how they're going to attack Trump. Yeah, oh, I, I think that strategy. I, I don't know down. what the strategy yeah. is. I don't. But they they know. Yeah, what I, I think do they've decided right what yeah. they're going to do. Yeah, yeah, and that's going to be fascinating to see. Mm. Yeah. How you sort of walk that tightrope, especially early on. Right. And you, yeah, you got to be careful. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord, we get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.